Good morning, everyone. This is Scott, and welcome to the Footyball Podcast. We're here each week. We look at the FBS Power 5 footyball games, and we focus on wins and losses. If you're like me, married, kids, pets, work, mortgage, student loans, ah, little to no time to watch all the footyball you want, nor the funds to bet on it. So that's why we focus on the wins and losses. I'm just another armchair fan. Well, I hope, like you. All right, this episode is sponsored by, actually it's not sponsored, it's a shout out to, to the parent that dropped their kid off at school eating Reese's peanut butter cups for breakfast with their polo on inside out and backwards with the collar up. You know what? Here's to you getting them to school on time. There are days I can't even do that. So shout out to you. You know, I, I, I remember that day. So, you know, we have the PTA, right? And I, I guess I'm a member of that. But then the dads have their own dads club at like, so all my kids, all my daughters are at the same elementary school right now. And it's starting next year that that ends and then they're all going to be like scattered everywhere else. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I can never, I'll never forget. I mean, Shirt inside out and backwards. It's a polo. The only reason that matters is because the collar was popped up like in his face. And there he is eating a Reese's. I was like, you know what? Good for you. Like, f- fucking got him here. Like, sometimes that's like all that's all you can do. So, uh, less of a shout out to a few of the cars where every now and then it smells like weed when I open. It's like a, oh, it's like a fucking Cheech and Chong movie open the car door to let their kid out. I'm like, come on, can you, can you drop the kid off first? Anyway, so enough of that. All right. So here we are, uh, week eight, exciting week. Uh, we already went through the pick'em games. So we got those 10 games coming up, um, or those 10 games on another episode and let's, man, let's dig in. So starting in the ACC as usual, we got Boston college going to Georgia tech, um, model, has Boston College under two points. Both teams are three and three and are really going to struggle to become bowl eligible. So as I wrote that, I'm like, so why the hell do I have so many like statistical <laughs> notes on here? I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to get as close to perfect on a weekend as possible, right? So anyway, Boston College has three unimpressive wins, each by a field goal. Holy Cross, Virginia, and Army, right? They got a loss to Northern Illinois, and we all might remember the loss to Florida State when actually Boston College played incredibly well in addition to Florida State um, just playing poorly, right? Um, And then the loss to Louisville. Um, So Georgia Tech has three losses, again, to Louisville, Ole Miss, and Bowling Green, who is a mid-to-bottom-half MAC team. Um... I don't know. The three Georgia Tech wins are to uh, South Carolina State, Wake Forest, and then we all remember Miami, right? But keep in mind with Miami, like there were five turnovers by Miami, right? The last one was with two seconds left on the clock. Like we can we can kind of dis- dismiss that one, right? Uh, the other four led to 17 points for Georgia Tech. First turnover, Georgia Tech punted away. Second turnover, um, Georgia Tech only took them 26 yards to get to the touchdown. Third turnover, they could only make it six yards. They got a field goal. And the most impressive one, obviously, was the the fourth, or really the last one, where um, Haynes King drove 74 yards uh, for the go-ahead touchdown. So um, Georgia Tech is, so just keep, 
I say all this because, like, Georgia Tech is not some crazy sleeper team that's out to, like, destroy the ACC and pregnant your daughters or give your kids, like, banned books, right? Like, I'm going with Boston College on the road. They're 1-1 one one on the road, while Georgia Tech's loss to Bowling Green was at home. So I just have to take any sort of advantage you have at home and just throw that out of the window of a moving car on the highway, right? Like, let's just destroy that thing. All right, looking at what Boston College did against Florida State and how they have been able to step up, and they've got a couple of wins after that. So I don't pay attention to Boston College because they are that bottom half ACC team. Um, like it, I'm reading into this extensively, but I, I'm just getting the idea that they kind of figured something out against Florida State. And they've been carrying that forward to the best of their abilities. So moving on, we got Pitt going out to Wake Forest. Uh, the model has Pitt at over three-point uh, favorite while they're on the road. Um, looking ahead, uh, neither team is likely going to go bowling, right? Again, you know, ACC's struggling this year. They're, you know, people seem to be top-heavy. And these, I don't know, um, that's... That might be a whole other podcast than that. So uh, Pitt is two and four. And remember, they gave us a new quarterback versus Louisville. And that's pretty much what I'm seeing came other than Louisville going to sleep during that game. But that gave Pitt some little little shot in the ass for them to play better. Um, but again, it's likely going to be a little too late for them making a bowl. Um, their other win is against Wooford. I mean, I, I know I've heard of it. I, I think I had friends from high school go there. I, I don't know. Um, unimpressive losses to Cincinnati, uh, West Virginia. Uh, again, uh, West Virginia, we reclassified, but Pitt played so bad that game. All right. And then, of course, the worst is um, Virginia Tech. A decent loss to UNC. Uh, Wake also has three unimpressive wins and losses to Clemson, Georgia Tech, and also Virginia Tech. So this might be the battle of two teams that lost to Virginia Tech. Yay. All right. So, yeah, with that common appointment, um, opponent, um, Pitt did better. In addition, the win against Louisville uh, with a new quarterback. So I'm going with Pitt on this one. I, I spent far too much time on those two games. Anyway, uh, still in the ACC, we're looking at Virginia going to North Carolina. This should be a very straightforward win for North Carolina. Virginia is 1-6, and six, and that only win came with a struggle against William and Mary. Uh, North Carolina, 6-0, and oh, looking ahead to the ACC championship game, and people are starting to talk college football playoff. They, like, they've got, they don't have an easy path ahead of them, but it's, it's a path that they can succeed at. So anyway, um, what is this? The last game in the ACC, Duke at Florida State. I got a lot of numbers here, okay? Because this is, I mean, Duke's just kind of been a sleeper. So the model has Duke over Florida State by over five points, all right? That surprised me. So let's see what's going on. They're five and one. Remember, their best win was the first game of the season, win over Clemson, and they've got a quality loss to Notre Dame. Right, Florida State six and zero. We talked earlier about the Boston College win that was too close for anyone. Quality wins at LSU and Clemson as well. So kudos to both teams for actually scheduling their first games uh, as difficult ones. Um, Florida State was LSU and um, uh, Duke was Clemson. So like, good job, y'all. Um, let's see, where am I on my notes? This should be, uh, yeah, the most difficult game remaining for Florida State. So if Florida State wins here, it it should be supposed to be um, a cakewalk from here on out. Uh, but Duke does have quite a bit of work left to do. They got Louisville left and UNC. Um, 
But, you know, keep in mind, like, Duke's loss, Notre Dame, like, it's not a conference loss. So we're, we're still eyeballing the ACC championship game. They just kind of have, they definitely have a more difficult route to go to, uh, go through than, um, uh, Florida State. So digging in some other stuff and things, uh, Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard, is still, as of, well, as of the recording, so I took these notes last night, so that was, what, Wednesday night, and I'm recording this Thursday morning, um, he's still a day-to-day decision, um, they had a bye week after the injury, and his backup, Bellin, you know, like, did okay. Um, remember from the recap uh, podcast, he was 4 for 12, 107 yards, two touchdowns and interception. The best thing was the average of 8.9 yards per pass. But when you only complete four, like, yeah, that like that that's going to skew that a little bit, all right? Um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I'm not really considering that to be um, stellar, all right? So Duke has better defense uh, in regards to total defense. 16th, passing yards allowed, 8th, and rush defense, 61st. Florida State, total defense, 56th, passing yards allowed, 63rd, and run defense, 69th. Florida State has the better offense, right? Again, total offense, 24, passing offense, 37th, and rush offense, 69th. To Duke, who is going to be just less in all of them, um, I guess except for rush offense, but they're so close. So Duke is a uh, uh, total offense, 71st, passing offense, uh, 111th. Oof, that's horrible. And rushing offense, uh, 61st. So can Florida State's offense surpass Duke's defense? All right. Let's look at this another way. Clemson is fifth in total defense. LSU is 111th. Statistically, Notre Dame's defense is better than Florida State. And, like, the point there is we saw what a good defense can do against their starting quarterback, right? So, for for now, like, I have Florida State. If if Leonard is back, like, I'm, I'm unsure if that's actually going to change my pick. Like, one thing that, like, the image I can't get out of my head is, like, I'm looking at the way Florida State wins. Like, they dominate, right? They will have a difficult time here, but I think in the end they're going to by the end of the fourth quarter, they're going to be dominating, and that Florida State is going to win. All right, let's look at the Big 12. First game up, uh, Central Florida flying out to Oklahoma. If there's any place I want to fly to, I anyway, I, I, I can think of better locations. Anyway, uh, I still don't trust Oklahoma, right? I'm calling Oklahoma. I'm picking Oklahoma. This should be an easy win for Oklahoma. I, I, I just, I, I don't trust them. Um, so there, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Baylor going out to Cincinnati, no idea. Both are doing poorly. Uh, Baylor has shown signs of life recently. Model has Cincinnati an almost three-point favorite. Big 12 is unfortunately floundering again this year. But oddly enough, um, either of these teams or both of these teams can become bowl eligible. So Cincinnati has lost their last four games. Baylor, all over the place. Like either take some fucking Ritalin or try a breathing exercise or something. I don't know. Um, I don't want to dig into the numbers here. I just I, I, I just can't with these two teams. I, I felt like I have in the past, and it's gotten me absolutely nowhere. I, I do see that Thaler, or Thaler, Baylor <laughs> found something that resembles a pulse. Um, we're just looking for that regular rate and rhythm, right? Cincinnati, we're still performing CPR on y'all. So I got Baylor for the win. Uh, Texas, like what? Hour and a half drive east to Houston. So Houston, just remember to bring lube. Texas is going to dominate you. 
Uh, Texas Tech uh, going out to BYU. Another long aeroplane ride. Uh, the model has Tech over an eight-point favorite. Uh, Tech is currently three and four. Losses to Wyoming, Oregon, West Virginia, and K-State. Uh, a win over Tarleton State, Houston, and Baylor. Like Again, I don't know. Anyway. Um, BYU is four and two. No impressive wins and losses to Kansas. And last week, which shocked me, like TCU. Right? Both can still become bowl eligible, but they have a lot of games against teams like, well, themselves. Um, confusing games. Inconsistent teams. Um, model doesn't take into account which quarterback is playing. Uh, for Tech, that was one of the things that was on that other podcast that I recommended uh, everyone listen to from the co- uh, College Football Nerds. Um, like, yeah, they don't they don't fudge numbers for stuff like that, right? So, again, Tech is on their third-string quarterback, right? Now, again, he had an amazing his second drive after getting called in, 99 yards for a touchdown, but then followed by three interceptions, and that's what led to their loss against Kansas State last week. So... I don't have a nickel in front of me to flip right now, so I'm I'm going with the home team, no travel, used to the altitude, and best I know, um, they're not, BYU's not on their third string quarterback, so I've got BYU for the win. All right, last game here for the Big Twelve is TCU at Kansas State. Model has Kansas State by almost ten points, um, and that's how I see this playing out. Really, like this one seems seems to be straightforward. TCU, another team like all over the place, like hook up with Baylor, like maybe have like a double kid visit. All of y'all get some, get some Ritalin or something. Um, uh, K-State is good. Uh, you know, the loss to Mizzou, you know, barely last minute loss, almost record setting field goal to take that win. Um, and the loss to Oklahoma State at night. That's a place I really don't want to be in at night. Um, I don't want to get bogged down here with this one either. Like, I just think this is going to be very straightforward. Like Kansas State fans are going to show up. It's home game for them. They're coming away with a win. All right, let's look at some Big Ten action. Rutgers going to Indiana. If Rutgers wins this, they're bowl eligible. They need this win because it could it it could be the last win of the season for them, okay? Um, next up for Rutgers, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, and Maryland. Now, I don't want to say Maryland's going to win here because you just fucking lost to Illinois homecoming weekend. Anyway, um, but I'm talking about this Maryland-Rutgers game like all season long. I, I think it's going to be a good one. All right. Indiana, like you're just, you're just bad. You're not, you're not doing, you're not doing well. Like, like don't, like don't get me wrong, right? Like I can't, like I can't even practice um, with Indiana, right? Like these guys would run all over me and just inadvertently break several bones in my body just by a, a, a simple like I don't know, 50% tackle or something like that, right? So I, I am looking forward to seeing Rutgers get the win here. They are going to be bowl eligible very early on in the season for them. Like, kudos to y'all. All right, next up, Wisconsin at Illinois. Uh, Wisconsin really needs to recover from the loss to Iowa, uh, which I still, I I don't I don't understand. Um, sidestep here, um, Iowa's one of those low-scoring games and like a complete lack of offense. Like, they, they should win out, right? Like, Iowa should win out on the Big Ten West. But with those scores being typically so low, like, small mistakes or plays can lead to a big turnaround. And if Iowa has a loss, Wisconsin does still need to win out to get a chance to get to the Big Ten title game. So, you know, Wisconsin, every like, 
the season is likely over, right? Like you're not getting to the Big Ten title game. Like you're definitely not getting to college football playoff. Um, but you can still make a good bowl game um, if you do things really well. And it, a little help from Iowa would be nice also. Um, Illinois, I don't know how you beat Maryland. Like I already talked about that, especially after losses to Purdue and Nebraska. Um, this is why I don't feel um, that win really indicate some sort of like shocking new turning point in the Illinois season. So because yeah, loss to Purdue and Nebraska don't really get overshadowed by a win over Maryland. So anyway, I've got Wisconsin for the win. Um, and lastly, again, uh, not so stellar. Oh no, not Lassie. <laughs> Sorry. There, there is another game after this, uh, Northwestern at Nebraska, uh, Northwestern's losses are Rutgers, Duke and Penn state. Solid losses, like not too bad. None were remotely close. Um, but good job on the schedule. Uh, they both played Minnesota with vastly different outcomes. Nebraska lost to Minnesota uh, for the first game of their season, uh, thirteen to ten, while Northwestern beat Minnesota thirty-four. Sorry, thirty-seven, thirty-four in Chicago. The model favors Nebraska by almost a touchdown, and so I'm I'm, I'm going to go with that home game for Nebraska fans. Year after year, bad season or good season, like they are out in full swing. So keep it up, Nebraska fans. Um, you guys should get the win this weekend. Uh, now it's the last Big Ten game, and it's Michigan going out to Michigan State. Sparty, better luck next year. I, I've heard some folks say, well, it's a rival game. Anything can happen. I don't know. I, I, no, I, no. I'm just, I'm just going to say no and... Michigan for the win. Let's move on. Pac-12 giving us some pseudo-excitement here. Washington State going out to Oregon. Model has Oregon favored by almost 10 points, and I actually think it's going to end up being more than that. I like the Cougars. They're a good team, but Oregon is a great team. How are they going to respond um, to the loss last weekend? I, I think wonderfully. They're well-coached. They're great players. They still have so much to look forward to. They can still get into the Pac-12 championship. They can still get into the college football playoff. Um, yeah, and like this is a game like I would watch. I, I I didn't write the times down on this one, but if you want to see Bo Nix dazzle, and then you're going to see Ward for Washington State, who's also just a fantastic quarterback. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch this one. But yeah, Ducks for the win. Arizona State going out to Washington. Arizona State, I have every expectation to finish the season 1-11. and 11. So a while ago, I talked about like fearing the 3-9 and nine Pac-12 team because they will spoil you. Arizona State spoiled Washington last year, right? Not, not this year, okay? Um, yeah, that 3-9 and nine Pac-12 team just screws up somebody's hopes and dreams every year. But the, the good thing here is Arizona State's <laughs> they're not getting anywhere near three and nine, right? They're they're gonna be one at eleven. So um and I don't even think yeah, I'm just looking ahead at Arizona State's schedule, like they're not. Like I don't see another game that they can win. So anyway, uh you wanna watch a game where Washington's just gonna dominate? Like turn this one on. No. All right. Lastly, we've got UCLA at Stanford. Um Another game heavily favored in one direction, and that direction is UCLA. Um, I'm not going to read too much. 
end of the second half comeback Stanford had over Colorado. It was clear Colorado looks like they just they simply gave up or got into some like social media Twitter wars or something like that. I don't know. UCLA, excuse me, UCLA's defense will continue to. I'm going to continue to pay attention since I, I really lost sight of them and. You know, guys in the know didn't, but I am less in the know, and so I did. So I, again, I have UCLA here for the easy win. All right, last and never least, the SEC. Mississippi State going out to Arkansas. Our uh, model has Arkansas at just over a five-point favorite, and this could be the game that keeps Arkansas out of last place of the SEC West. Yeah, I say it is. So other than Mississippi State beating Arizona, uh, which we are now referring to as like an anomaly game, they haven't done much, right? Arkansas has an awful record. But remember, four of their five losses are by one score or less. And I think three of those four are by a field goal. So Arkansas doesn't give up. They lose a lot. And I, I I keep saying, like, sorry, again, like I've, like I've got a day job, like I'm squeezing this in, um, you know, between meetings and, you know, whatnot and recording and I kind of got to get something done here. I need to wrap this up. Um, but um, yeah, you go back and you look at like Arkansas's win-loss record and look at the scores from just, like, I don't know, the last like 10 years. There's so many like entire seasons where they are last or next to last in, in the SEC West and They've lost every game by a score. So anyway, enough of that. Um, Tennessee at Alabama. Why I have this one here? I don't know. I think it's just how the time slot <laughs> falls and how I wrote these games down. This is going to be a fantastic game. I'm hearing a lot of folks saying it's going to be low scoring. Um, I, I, I just, I'm looking forward to watching it. Okay. Model has Tennessee just over a one point favorite, Right. Last year, if you remember, Tennessee won 52-49. Last second field goal. Oh, let's compare the numbers. Total defense, Tennessee 17th, Bama 15th. Passing yards allowed, Tennessee 28th, Bama 23rd. Hmm. Rush defense, Tennessee 20th, Bama 18th. Okay, so everything Bama was better on. How much better? Not much. Total offense, Tennessee 32nd, Bama 86th. Passing offense, Tennessee, 87th, Bama, 81st. Rushing offense, Tennessee, 20th, Bama, 18th. Interesting. Rushing offense, Tennessee, 20th, Bama, 18th. Remember that because they have a common opponent at AM. Total yards, Tennessee against AM, 332. Bama, 344. Passing yards for Tennessee against AM, 100. Bama, 321. Rushing yards for Tennessee against AM, 232. Bama, 23. Huh. So, another interesting stat. Last time Alabama lost two regular season games at home was 2007. Anyone know the significance of that? Because the podcast, I'm just going to tell you, Saban's first year at Bama. A lot of folks are favoring Tennessee again. A lot of folks seeing this seeing this as being a year where, you know, Bama's not a bad team. Like they again, they have the most five star recruits like on their roster, right? Quarterback Bama's quarterback is struggling to 
get into the groove with the offensive system at Alabama. This is this is one of the issues you get with um, quarterbacks that transfer around, right? And young quarterbacks, right? If you look at some of the best quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are up for the Heisman, um, uh, Oregon and Washington, too, in in general, like they're they're sixty year seniors or their fifth-year seniors, they're, they've been around for a while. They did transfer, but now this is like their second year in a program. Like, like Bama's got a good quarterback, but he's just not meshing well. He doesn't have that system down well now. So, and we saw kind of the bickering in the beginning of the season, like who is the best quarterback that's going to get things done with Bama's system? This guy won out. So, what is going to happen here? A lot of people look at how they played A&M and they're like, well, they both played the same game. No, they didn't. Tennessee ran all over them. Bama threw all over them, right? They both be- beat them. <laughs> Miss my Aggies doing well. Um, so I have Alabama for the win because when push comes to shove, that is a stable program. That is... It, it doesn't really ebb and flow too much. It just stays constantly good. Do they have a slight struggle? Do they have a whiff of turbulence? Yes. But I think they can do it, especially at home. Okay. Moving on. South Carolina at Missouri. Um, it's a home game for Mizzou. Six and one. Only losses to LSU, right? They lost by 10, but it really was a lot closer than what that score makes it seem. Um, South Carolina will struggle to go bowling, um, but will likely not make it. Um, Model has Mizzou as over a 10-point favorite. Um, I want to watch this game because I love both quarterbacks, right? Like South Carolina is the one-man show with um, Rattler. Mizzou's quarterback. I didn't write it down. I can't remember his name right now. Um, doing like having a like a banner year. Uh, this is a game I want to sit down and watch. I, I think it's going to be very entertaining, and I, I think Mizzou's going to win. And last game, Army at LSU. If you haven't seen the pictures of what LSU did in their end zone, uh, check it out. Uh, search that internet thing, and I'm sure pictures will appear. It is. It's cool, and it's a and it's a very nice thing. LSU is clearly going to win. I, I don't know why they have the Army game in the middle of like their season, the middle of their like conference play. Um, but this actually could be a great opportunity for LSU to test out changes to defense and see what they can do, um, especially when you're going up against a team like Army who's going to do nothing but run the ball on you, right? So LSU should get the easy win. Appreciate y'all for uh, decorating the end zones and bring our future military leaders out for beers afterwards. All right, y'all, that'll do it. This is Scott and the Footy Ball Podcast. Um, shout out to the person I'm going to shout out to. That is the parent that dropped their kid off at school. It was like three weeks ago, eating a Reese's peanut butter cup pack for breakfast. They had a polo shirt on inside out and backwards with the collar up. You know what? Kudos to you. Here's to getting the kids to school on time because there are days I can't even do that. See ya. See ya.